Greetings. Welcome to The Dividing Line. It is a Thursday. It's a warm one here in Phoenix. Only going to get warmer. That's just how it is here. I hope it's... um, I hope it gets real hot in Seattle. (laughs) Because... Because, you know, um, there's sort of an insurrection going on there. There's an um, uh, enemy force has taken over um, downtown uh, Seattle. I've heard there's an African warlord in charge now. I'm not sure how he got there, but maybe parachuted in. I don't know. Beamed in. These days, who knows? Um, but, I, but it is funny because uh, there's a tweet going around where someone had said, to whoever's trying to set up another autonomous zone inside the autonomous zone, stop it. <laughs> It's just like, but my favorite one was when they first took over, and and they're like, um, all the homeless people we invited in took our food. Could someone someone bring us some vegan meat substitutes? <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, 2020 is going to be, go, it's going down in history, folks. It's. I don't know if there's going to be anybody left to write any history uh, after 2020 um, or just just rewrite it. Uh, that's I've never seen more quotations of 1984 than I'm seeing right now on social media. Uh, people are finally picking it up and they're actually quoting it, uh, especially the stuff about the Ministry of Truth and the rewriting of history uh, and, and his statement, history has stopped because you, you can't have history that is being rewritten. Um, when, you, when you are constantly rewriting history so that it matches the presence and present, then history stops. And um, that's, yeah, that's, that's what we're seeing. That's the mindset. And it, it's all based upon, well, I don't know if you can show this, but there is the, um, Summer posted a, um, yeah, Rioters in Philly uh, deface a statue of Matthias Baldwin, an early abolitionist who fought against slavery 30 years before it ended. So, and I guess that's a girl. Who knows anymore? I mean, in the olden days, I would have assumed, you know, uh, skirt, long hair. Is that a dude she's putting her I don't know what she's doing. I don't know. Maybe she's trying to, you know, pull it down or something. I don't know. But here's an early abolitionist, and here's my guess. She doesn't know what an abolitionist is. Probably has no idea. Probably has no idea. So many of these people that are are rioting know nothing about history, and they're just getting paid by George Soros. So, you know, hey, let's go out, beat something up, tear something down, and get paid. And, you know, um, it's more fun than unemployment. So, And they got tired of Netflix. Really isn't much on anyways. So... But uh, yeah, to so this guy was Black Lives Matter before Black Lives Matter became Black Lives Matter, and but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tear him down anyways because well, I was sort of like the London um, protesters defacing Abraham Lincoln's statue in London. Okay, yeah, sure, right. Uh, this is yeah, it's it's brilliant. What's going on? Around us is definitely has us wondering what is what is happening. There's no no two ways about it. So I've got a lot of stuff like that. I just don't know how um, ordered all of this is going to be. Um, someone this morning very kindly uh, suggested to me on Twitter that 
they would just rather hear my theological thoughts and, and not my thoughts about uh, anything going on. Um, to which I responded, if, if your theology uh, does not prompt you to in some way speak the truth in the face of the coming tide of leftist communism, um, it ain't much of a theology. And see, I'm, I'm sorry, folks, who, who just want to you know stay where we used to be. Uh, but the reality is I've I read some books about history and there is this thing called communism and it's got a really bad history. And I know they don't talk about this much in school anymore, but if you actually read real history, you discover that worldviews are never neutral. And you've probably been taught that we can all be neutral. You've probably been taught that it's best to start out neutral, and then, and then what you do is you appeal to man's free will to get him to make a decision to do the right thing and follow Jesus. Um, but that doesn't have anything to do with, you know, like the world around you or righteousness. And yeah, I know it's weird. You, you, you read Paul talking to Festus and, and uh, King Agrippa and, and there's all this stuff about righteousness and, and this is being spoken to people in political authority and bringing God's law to bear against them, and and they they feel conviction and things like this. But that must have just been back then, because uh, today we want to make sure that uh, we we strictly observe the the fact that religion should never have any impact uh, upon the culture we live in. I mean, that's that's what people have been taught. And you just you, your religion's over here, and it's what you do on Sunday, and maybe if you're really super spiritual, Sunday night and Wednesday night, maybe. Um, so you you do that stuff over there, and then uh, you know everything else. Just uh, you're just like everybody else. There's there's no there's no difference whatsoever. So that's what people would like, and the problem is that I know there's no such thing as a neutral worldview. And I happen to know that socialism and communism is based upon a view of man that is fundamentally anti-Christian. So when it gains power, the Christian faith suffers. The Christian faith suffered under communism. Um, Communism demands any totalitarian state. Right now, Xi Jinping wants to be worshipped in China. He wants to be worshipped in China. He, when when they they'll go into churches and they'll take down crosses and other religious symbols and they'll put pictures of Xi Jinping up. He he's the state is God. The state is God, and it's it's inevitable. There are no neutral worldviews. It is when we talk about a clash of worldviews, it really is a clash. And so I know that if you just sit back and let history repeat itself again, communism killed minimally 120 million people. I mean, murdered them, either starved them to death, shot them, gassed them, hung them, imprisoned them till they died, whatever. 
Uh, poisoned them. Yeah, did a few of those, too. Uh, wars, you name it. At least 120 million people in the last century. Probably more like 150 million. And we've still got 80 years to go in this century. I'm not sure if it's like 2020. <laughs> we can survive all that. But we still got a ways to go. And we have people going right back to the same old playbook, doing the same thing all over again. And if you know history, how can you just sit there and go, oh, that's going to turn out badly. I think I'll just ignore it. Well, that doesn't really doesn't really work out very, very well. There is no neutral worldview. And if what you and I as Christians, what we believe is true, then there is this whole idea of a panacea, a socialist panacea where men or men and women, if they were just given equity, if we if we all just had the same amount of stuff, not, not equality of opportunity, but equity, we, we, if we all just had the same amount of stuff, we would all live in peace and harmony and there would be no hate and it would all be love and, and we'd, we'd, we'd take care of each other and there would be no harsh words and no gangs and no theft and no drugs. It, 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 if we just had equity then everything would work perfectly. Well, the Christian who falls for that obviously has not been reading their Bible very much. Because you can see powerful, powerful men in the Old Testament that had more than equity. They had, they had a lot of, they had a lot of, they were kings. And yet, in the midst of everything, they had sin. Had everything that they could want. They, they, they had it all. And yet, David goes out walking on the roof one morning and ends up killing one of his best generals. That's not what he expected to do that day. Um, but that's what ended up happening. You see, there's this thing called evil in the heart of man, and that is why governments that concentrate power in the hands of evil men amplify sin. They amplify the effect of sin. You've heard that power corrupts, that absolute power corrupts absolutely, and the reason for that is found in Romans chapter 1. And so, there is the necessity of law, there is the necessity of biblical justice, not this fake stuff going around today, but justice as defined by God, which is not equity, it's not everybody having the same amount of stuff, it's equality before the law, and that law has to be based upon a recognition that mankind is created in the image of God. There will be no meaningful justice as long as babies are murdered in the womb, as long as the marriage bed is defiled by the rejection of the obvious reality of male and female created by God, there will be no justice as long as mankind rebels against God's revelation that he is creator and we are creation. But we are to strive for 
justice in this life, knowing that justice will be done in finality at the great day. This is the great hope of the Christian. This is what has allowed for some of the most just systems of government ever. They're, they can never be perfect. They can never be perfect in this life. The, the, the pursuit of a perfect governmental system is the proverbial tilting at windmills. You, you are not going to accomplish that. Even the system that God set up was a system that was designed to work with sinners. And sinners are going to mess up. And there's going to be problems because it's a fallen world. So you can have the acknowledgement in Scripture uh, that the servant of the government does not carry the sword in vain. Uh, that doesn't mean that there are not going to be corrupt sword bearers. But the Christian response to that is they will be held accountable in the day of judgment. They may get away with it in this life. There may not be. Christians have lived under governmental systems. I mean, you think about the medieval period. You want, you want slavery? Being a serf was the same thing as being a slave. You remember in the medieval period, the average person never traveled more than seven miles any one direction from where they were born. Uh, they they had no hope of any kind of advancement economically, educationally, anything like that. Uh, that was that was a that was an ugly time and an ugly system, and yet Christians were able to face that kind of a situation because they knew that the judge of all the earth would do right and justice would eventually be done. If not in this life, in the next. Well, once you have a people, and we have passed the tipping point now, the vast majority of the people in this, in this society do not believe that there will ever be a day of justice. They don't. They can't. If you're a secularist, there is no day of justice. And the rest who still claim some type of religiosity have so deeply drunk at the well of secular humanism, that they don't believe this could be a day of justice either. And the vast majority of Christians I know, they'll say it, they just won't live like there's going to be a day of justice someday. And so here we are. This is what we're facing. This is what we are up against. And we are seeing the struggle in our religious organizations, when you fire up almost any website right now, you go to Facebook, you go to Amazon, you go to Google, you go any place. We support Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Let's um, logically recognize that there is a vast difference between the organization and the declarative statement. Black Lives Matter is a communist, leftist, political organization that, by their own statements, wish to undercut and destroy the traditional nuclear family. They support homosexuality, transgenderism. Uh, in fact, I'm going, to, um, I'm going to play some comments from J.D. Greer, the president three-term president, I guess, of the Southern Baptist Convention 
Thanks, COVID. Um, no, 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 no. That's, that's not going to happen. Um, but but it certainly helps to have an extra year right now to be doing this kind of stuff. Um, but I I watched the comments and then very quickly ran across. I think it was the same pastor guy that we reviewed wow 2015 yes did you see that too that was that the same guy i think it was the same guy cuz it looked like him yeah check check it out see if you can verify that um danny cortez was the name and and i think that church was removed by their association from the SBC. Anyway, a guy named Daniel Cortez that looked like the pastor that made waves back about 2015 when his son came out as gay, and so as a Southern Baptist, their church came out as affirming. Um, not same guy? Really? Rich says not same guy. Looked like the same guy. Anyway, the uh, immediate response to Greer was, will these leaders now stand up and say black trans lives matter? Black trans lives matter. Same guy? Okay, you say it is the same guy. Okay, Rich is sort of like the WHO and the CDC. Um, Face diapers, not face diapers. Who knows? You know, uh, Oh, but get get ready for the panic of the second wave, folks. It's it's coming. It's not actually there, but it you're gonna yeah. Got to keep people panicked uh, and hiding and wearing their face papers. Anyway, uh, black trans lives. See how this works? That's intersectionality. That's the essence of critical theory. That's the essence of 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 intersectionality. Get everybody to say Black Lives Matter. And now let's divide that a little bit farther. And then you divide it a little bit farther. And it it never ends. But you use it to break down that which unites. You use it to break down that which unites. That's what critical theory is about. Intersectionality is just the, the result of that. And so black trans lives matter is, is the next thing. But going back to black lives matter... You're not allowed to say you will be fired if you have a job where you can be fired for such things. Um, That's one of the reasons right now. A, thanks to all of you who have been supporting us, um, despite the fact that Bradley Mason uh, slanders us and says I'm a white supremacist, which means nothing in his world. He has no basis any longer for even defining what that means. But... um, and he's, he tries to do the cancel culture, shame on anyone who supports these people and what they do. I, I think most people have now seen through Bradley Mason and his uh, his uh, behavior. But anyway, uh, people not in my position, because Alvin Vega, Rich ain't going to be firing me. Uh, I'm not going to be firing Rich. Um I mean, that's what intersectionality would do. I mean, he is French. And so if we wanted to start going down the critical theory road, you know, I've got a lot of Scottish, British, and <laughs> British and French. <laughs> okay, history, 
Um, yeah. Hey, hey now. Lots I, I and lots of wars. Too. I got that stuff, too. So, you know, let's go ahead and take the... Yeah, we'll, we'll do the... No, I'm sorry. It's, it's Riche Pierre. I mean, that's that's just the way it is. You're stuck with it. Um, you're French. You're just, just... I know it's embarrassing, but you just have to be transparent these days, you know? Anyway... <laughs> Uh, anyway, what was I saying? I don't know what I was saying. Intersectionality. We could... We're, I'm not going to get fired for saying the things I need to say, but so many other people cannot say the things that actually need to be said about what's going on, not only in the culture, but in the church as well. And so we can say, I can say all lives matter because all lives are made by the same creator, and all ethnicities are resolved in the unity of the body of Christ. All ethnicities stand on the same ground before God based upon the same means of justification by faith alone. And the same result, which is the imputation of the righteousness of Christ. It's one righteousness, therefore it's one body. All ethnicities are resolved into that. And what was, ha- what, what was one of the first things that started happening just a couple years ago? Remember? We started pushing back on what unifies us. And those who were already infected with the virus of intersectionality, what did they want to emphasize? Revelation chapter 5. Remember? Uh, remember, even at, like, Revoice, what do they do? Uh, the uh, elements of gay culture that will be brought into the kingdom and presented before God. You do the same thing with ethnicities. Elements of our beautiful ethnicity that will be brought before the throne of God. And so they want to push the uniqueness of the ethnic group over the unity that is created by the one means of justification, the one righteousness that is imputed to every person, no matter what their ethnicity is. Remember that? Now we're seeing it. Now you see what that results in. So when you say black lives matter, there is, if you're talking about the organization, that is now an organization that if you are a Christian, you must stand against. Black Lives Matter is a socialist, communist, leftist organization that is anti-Christian in its worldview. This is not a question. This, this is not something that, you, that is arguable. I've seen evidence that money that's going into BLM is then being funneled into Democratic uh, uh, electoral races, which is probably illegal, but hey, so is taking over downtown Seattle. That ain't really accomplishing anything today either, is it? So the, the problem here is we have a problem of language. Because if you object to Black Lives Matter being on every website, NBA, uh, uh, NFL, Major League Baseball, it, it, you, you have to bow the knee. All of professional sports. It doesn't matter what it is. got to bow the knee literally and physically and, and, and emotionally and mentally and in every other way, you've got to bow the knee or you're gone. Your, your means of livelihood is done. That's, is that not the case? It is the case. It's obviously the case. 
That's the organization. So the problem then becomes the statement, Black Lives Matter, is a tautology to a Christian. Because all lives matter. Why? Because all are created by God. But you see what happens when the Christian says that the reason that black lives matter and Asian lives matter and Hispanic lives matter and Chilean lives matter and South African lives matter and da-da-da-da, we can go on for this for about, what, 186 countries, something like that. It's pretty easy to do. The reason that all of those things is true is because we have a creator who gives coherence to the worldview so that all those lives matter. There is no creator in the secular worldview. And so no matter what you do in the secular worldview, to say black lives matter is to prioritize black lives over other lives. You can't help but do it. That's what critical theory does. It has to do it. It has to do it. So there has to be white guilt. This is so America-centric. It's amazing that people don't recognize that the fact that these protests are taking place in other countries that do not have our history tells you everything you need to know about what's really going on. That this is a global, organized, purposeful attempt to move everything to the left. It has a goal. And it's working. It's working. It's working here in the United States. Look how far left we have lurched in a matter of months. And even if this spasm loses steam, what happens is you get the people who rush into the middle. So you've, you've got these people who've all of a sudden, I mean, think about it. Think with me for just a second, kids. Just, just follow along here a sec. It's January 2nd, 2020. We're still living in a world that makes some kind of sense. And all of a sudden, some group shows up in Seattle before COVID, before Floyd, before any of the others, before the riots. Some group shows up with AR-15s and says, abolish the police and starts putting up barriers. What's going to happen? Everyone's going to be like, what? Now, there was already preparation up there. There are already Antifa demonstrations and stuff like that. This has been going on for a while. But had you heard almost anyone saying, abolish the police up until this point? I hadn't. I mean, I had, you know, you've got some ultra-libertarians, you know, that don't like having a police state. I certainly get not wanting to have a police state, but the idea of mankind needing laws and one bearing the sword. Now, all of a sudden, what had never even been heard of is now there are now uh, people filing legislation in the House of Representatives, pushing that direction. Now, are they going to go all that way? No, because they happen to know that the polls say 80% of people go, mm, 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 mm. So that's not, a, that's not a winning electoral strategy right now. But what happens is you get the radicals to come out, and the radicals say radical stuff, and they burn and loot and riot and stuff, all the rest of that stuff. 
and then to try to mollify them, the moderates come in and say, well, let's compromise on this. And so all of a sudden, everyone has been moved left for no particularly good reason at all, but it's been accomplished. Because the people on the right, I'm sorry, I am massively unimpressed with the leadership of anybody on the quote-unquote right. It doesn't seem like anyone has any particularly strong commitment to the principles of the Constitution, especially those principles that are derived from biblical law. You know, these things called due process, eh, well, eh, that comes from Scripture. That comes from English common law, which came from Scripture. You know, the necessity of witnesses and all that stuff that people are just tired. We don't have the patience for this anymore. We are the Twitter generation. It needs to be done tomorrow. It's trending now, so it needs to be done tomorrow. Well, that's not how justice works. So, back to Black Lives Matter. So, you, from the biblical perspective, Black Lives Matter, as a statement, not the organization, but as a statement, is a tautology. Because, from a Christian perspective, all lives matter because lives are created by God. So, as soon as you say black lives matter as a Christian, without starting with God as creator, you are buying into the insertion of intersectional thought into the Christian faith, which has no place. It, the Christian faith has no place for it. Think about it this way. Um... And it's one of the reasons I like, I like how we, we do it. We come forward to receive the bread and the wine at church. And how weird would it be if we prioritized one ethnic group over another in what bread and wine, or how much bread and wine, or if because I stand there, um, this this last I mentioned it before. This last Sunday we had a whole lot more people than we expected. It was packed out, and we also had baptisms right after, which is great, man. I mean, baptism, Lord's Supper. How much better can you get? Um, but because of that, I was the only pastor down front, and we have two lines coming forward. And people are taking the cups, and so once a tray is empty, you've got to move it out of the way and get the next one right in. So I'm, I'm literally going back and forth like this between the, between the two lines. What if I were to stand there and I were to make a comment or have a blessing based upon your ethnicity as you came forward? If that doesn't strike you as absolutely wildly, insanely weird, it should. Because this is the one time, the baptistry as well, the ordinances, the one time where there is no place for ethnicity, for racialism of any kind. Because here you have the gospel being presented Shed, shed blood, broken body. Same body, same blood. One body results from this, the body of Christ. Right? 
There's no basis for that in the secular worldview and in this critical theory intersectionality that is plaguing. It's a plague upon us. So what do you do when your whole society is all of a sudden saying, you need to say Black Lives Matter? Well, you need to respond from a biblical perspective to be able to defend saying all lives matter because all lives are created by the one God who has revealed himself in Jesus Christ. So this type of stuff could not happen as long as the majority of people in the culture believe that there is a creator God in the first place. They don't believe it anymore. All bets are off. We have to present God as creator. So that's really basic. Yup. Really basic. But here's the next thing. The defense that you're going to hear from J.D. Greer assumes a narrative that is an untrue narrative. Now, it would be it would work a whole lot better for me because I mean I just, you know, no one enjoys being slandered and lied about by by people like Bradley Mason and people like that who say you're a white supremacist. That's just so absurd. It's it's hard to even know where to start, but no one enjoys that. It would be a whole lot easier for me to just simply quote black men at this point and a few black women to say everything that I need to say because they're saying it, thankfully. Everyone that does say it, everyone who says it gets attacked, gets called a Oreo or a cracker or a sellout to their people or whatever. But I can give you the quotes and not just from Christians, from non-Christian black men who see, by common grace, what's really going on, what's really happening. Um, John McWhorter, I mean, I first heard something he recorded back in 2017. And uh, Phil Johnson just linked to something. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. I was going to do it when I was riding this morning, but I didn't. I'm going to get to it as soon as I can. But he's saying so many of the same things that Christian men are saying. doesn't mean he has the same solutions, but sees the same problems. I, it, would, it would probably be better if I just simply let people with a different skin tone than me say all these things. But it real, that's really not plausible. That's not something you can do. So here's the issue. When, when you have religious leaders saying, we need to say Black Lives Matter, we need to tap into this cultural moment, what is underlying this is a narrative that is simply a mythology. McWhorter put it this way uh, back in 2017. In fact, I wonder... I do. Uh, let's see if, let's see if the, uh, yes, good. Sometimes the, uh, no, 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 not, we're not putting it up. Um, sometimes the, the cloud works for you. Here's what John McWhorter said. I think it was back in 2017. He was asked, what's the problem? What's the black problem? He had been asked, what's the white problem? What's the black problem? We have been taught as black people to pretend that racism is more of a problem than it is. 
So to be a good, smart black person is to walk around identifying racism in various ways. Of course, it is not usually overt, and so you're supposed to find it in subtle ways. But if you look for it, you'll find it. And that means that you are taught that to be a good, educated black person is to claim that we are the only people in the history of humanity who can only succeed under ideal conditions. We are taught that to say that makes us proud. That is supposed to be the basis for a true ego, a true sense of pride. It is unquestioned, often just as it is unquestioned, that white people are supposed to think of themselves as racist. Let me repeat the key sentence. You are taught that to be a good, educated black person is to claim that we are the only people in the history of humanity who can only succeed under ideal conditions. He's right. There is a narrative. The narrative is repeated over and over and over again. And it wouldn't matter if there was not such evidence, such strong evidence of a unified groupthink, at least within Western black communities, especially the United States. What do I mean? Simple. Look at the voting patterns. Look at the voting patterns. I mean, hasn't anyone sat down and gone, this is really weird because um, most of these riots are taking place in uh, cities that... um, have been controlled by Democrats forever. You know, the same Democrats that were against the Civil Rights Bill, the same Democrats that, that were pro-slavery, you know, the, the Democrats. They are the ones with the governors and the mayors and the DAs, and yet that's where all this is happening. I mean, Seattle, they broke into the, they break into the government offices and are demanding that one of the wildest leftist nutcase mayors ever resign there is never folks please think about it there is never any way to mollify a mob did you not see what happened to the 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 mayor in in minneapolis oh wasn't that embarrassing oh my goodness oh i know i know that that wow okay you cannot reason with mobs Mobs do not multiply intellect, they multiply emotion. So, literally, a mob is functioning on a significantly lowered IQ level. Because when you multiply emotion by the same mechanism, you are undercutting rational thought. So you have a narrative, and the narrative, it was on MSNBC. There's a genocide going on. Now, it takes two different forms. In the United States, you have majoritarianism. It does happen. What's that, what's that mean? You will get uh, racial profiling. Happens all the time. What's interesting is it's not racial profiling based upon the race of the person doing the profiling. In other words, black cops will pull over black suspects, Hispanic cops, Asian cops. If you're working in an area of high crime, and the high crime is primarily being done by blacks, they'll all do it. It's not white supremacy. 
They'll all do it. The numbers show this. They show it. But the idea is, so, so that does happen. There is no question. No, be it known that if you are a minority anywhere on this planet, the majority will look at you differently because you don't perfectly fit in. So if you're a black person in China, you are in much greater risk than the United States of being racially profiled because the Chinese culture is significantly more racist at its core against blacks than the United States is. You don't know that because that's not, that doesn't fit the narrative, but it's true. When I'm in Africa, I expect that. I glow in some places in Africa. So, yeah, I expect that. If you're in India, China, South America, whatever, majoritarianism is how human life takes place. The majority, minority, but that doesn't explain all of this. By a long shot, McWhorter was right. There is a narrative that is meant to create division and create unrest. Bodhi called it ethnic Gnosticism. You can't know what we've been through. And so the leaders say, always look back, always look back, always look back. You're a victim. And they will do everything they can to exacerbate and to exaggerate and to massage and to create the victim mentality, even if the numbers don't substantiate it. Even if the numbers say, no, that's not happening. What MSNBC was saying is there's a genocide going on. There's a genocide going on. When the numbers say, that's just not true. Well, let me take that back. In certain cities, in certain contexts, there is a genocide going on, and it's self-inflicted. It's self-inflicted. I had seen the graph, and I looked for it and could not find it. Uh, And it's a shame. Um, But... For years, the numbers stayed pretty much the same. The percentage of black victims killed by blacks is 94%. So when you look at blacks who are killed by whites, plus blacks that are killed by cops, put it together, it is a minuscule number in comparison to blacks who are killed by blacks. And that's not even... Factoring in the reality of abortion. Now, you raise abortion and you go, yeah, but whose fault is that? Because obviously Planned Parenthood, racist organization that its history is, wants blacks to kill their babies. That's part of their eugenics program. It's also how they make money. You know, that Never underestimate the money thing. So... Is black abortion black on black? Because, I mean, how do, you, how do you leave that one to the side, not in the sense of ignoring it, but leave it out of the percentages because there could be discussion as to exactly what the motivations are there. But you see an actual graph that shows you meaningfully number of homicides... In 2019, 
of black individuals and who perpetrated it. And the vast majority is black on black. A black man walking down the street has far more to fear from another non-police black man than anybody else. Than anybody else. This is a fact that you can't talk about. Black people do talk about it. There are Christian leaders in Chicago and places like that that are doing everything in their power, but they are constantly drowned out by the drumbeat of the narrative to create division, to create victimhood. The drumbeat of division. And so, I'm sorry, I have a hard time taking overly seriously Anybody who's running around with a BLM t-shirt on that has, doesn't have the least bit of a problem with the plague of abortion and doesn't have, hasn't said anything about how many homicides there were in Chicago last weekend and how many there will be this weekend. Or in Los Angeles, 250% increase in homicides in L.A. in one weekend since this lawlessness started. Since this lawlessness started. 250%. Who's suffering that? Primarily minorities. But who's doing it? Primarily minorities. Again, facts are facts, and mobs don't care about facts. But Christians have to care about facts, because Christians are a people of truth. And if you actually want to solve a problem... You can't solve it on the basis of what feels good. You have to look at the underlying causes and reasons and actually deal with them. But people won't do that. People won't do that. That, that, that doesn't fit the narrative. So people won't, people won't go there. So, as I said, um, there is a... Um, oh, good. This will work. This is actually from J.D. Greer's um, feed because J.D. Greer felt he was misrepresented by how this clip was presented. I had recorded it at home and unfortunately put it in the wrong subdirectory so it didn't get uploaded to Dropbox. What? Showing my age? Are you an ageist? You, 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 you just showed... You said subdirectory, you're showing your age. I'm sorry, once you have committed ageism or ableism or anything else, there is no, you can't say you're sorry, there's no forgiveness. So you are an ableist or an ageist or both forever, (laughs) and therefore uh, you need to come in here and get down on one knee. and This and and I'm older than you, so there. (laughs) But I didn't point that out, so there. (laughs) See how this works? Like I said, Rich and I could sit here and... Do the critical theory, intersectionality thing all day long. Anyway, I recorded it, and I recorded past to the point where he specifically says, we have worldview issues with the organization Black Lives Matter. I have to say, I've seen some responses to this that just made me cringe a little bit. Um, They weren't fair. There's no reason to be unfair here. The problems are surface level. When you go too far, 
you give people an excuse to ignore the substance of your rebuttal. But let's listen to what, this is 2 minutes and 19 seconds, what uh, Dr. J.D. Greer, current president of the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, said, I guess the convention was supposed to be going on right now. Um, yeah, so this is sort of like the presidential address or something like that. Um, nice background. Uh, but uh, here's, here's the section. Southern Baptist, we need to, to say it clearly as a gospel issue. Black lives matter. Of course black lives matter. Our our black brothers and sisters are made in the image of God. Black lives matter because Jesus died for them. Black lives are a beautiful part of God's creation, and they make up an essential and beautiful part of his body. And we would be poor as a people without um, them and and other minorities in our midst. Let me echo my my, my friend Jimmy Scroggins, um, pastor down in, in Florida, in saying that black lives matter is an important thing to say right now because we are seeing in our country the evidence of specific injustices that many of our black brothers and sisters and friends have been telling us about for years. And, and, and by the way, let's not respond by, by saying, oh, well, all lives matter. Of course all lives matter. But I've heard it described this way. Say you're in a group or with a group at a restaurant and, and the waiter brings the food to, to everybody except for one guy at your table, your friend Bob. And so you say to the waiter, hey, excuse me, Bob deserves food. And somebody at your table corrects you to say, no, 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 all of us deserve food. Well, that's true, but you're missing the point. Bob is sitting there by himself without food. And so we are saying we understand that, 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 uh, that, that many of our black brothers and sisters have perceived for many years um, that the processes, the due processes of justice have, have not worked for them as they have for some others in our country. And by the way, like Jimmy, uh, like Dr. Scroggins says, let's spare each other the quotation of stats right now. You know, if you talk to some black friends, you'll know that they can tell you about their experiences and how some of them can be quite different from, from others in our country. We want um, rights and privileges to be extended to everybody. Um, We Christians want to hear our brothers and sisters, to feel their pain, to enter into that pain and bear that burden with them. Black Lives Matter. And by the way, I realize that the movement and and the website has been hijacked by some political operatives whose worldview and policy prescriptions will be deeply at odds with my own. But that doesn't mean that the sentiment behind it is untrue. I do not align myself with the Black Lives Matter organization. And I think saying, um, saying bald things like defund the police is is unhelpful and deeply disrespectful to many public servants who bravely put themselves in harm's way every day to protect us. But I know that we need to take a deep look at our police systems and structures and ask what we're missing. Where are we missing the mark? And I'll say that we do that because black lives matter. Okay, so um, first of all, no one has hijacked the Black Lives Matter website. Okay, this is what the, the the movement has always been about this is this is what its funding has always been about this is what its um, um, activism has always been there's no, there's no hijacking um, by political operatives it's a political movement and so uh, you have to differentiate between the capital letter B L M organization and the uh, simple sentence. Black Lives Matter, the declarative sentence, Black Lives Matter. It's a shame that that Black Lives Matter itself and the media is playing on the confusion between those two things. But no one has taken anything over. But what I wanted to focus on, aside from the fact that here we are, cultural moment, um, you, you've got soccer players being fired 
for their wives being offended by looters, um, even if they weren't a part of it, you've got them being fired for that. You have an absolute totalitarian mindset uh, to where you've got you've got professors with under police protection um, because they had their 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 black students demanded that they not have to take final exams because Floyd was killed, and the professor's like, "This is an accounting class. You need to take the final exam." Um, they want him fired. He has to be under police protection. You have radical totalitarianism all around us demanding that we say a certain line. And here's the president of the Southern Baptist Convention going, yeah, we got to say that. And then he, he, he says, he sort of throws it off to Jimmy Scroggins. Okay, fine, whatever. And he says, all right, uh, first of all, uh, Let's let's not say all lives matter. Let let's not go there. And then he gives an example of someone at a in a restaurant that doesn't get food. That must be the black community. And so we we shouldn't say all people deserve food because someone hasn't gotten it. What's the narrative there? The narrative is the acceptance of the idea of this type of genocide going on, which is not going on. It, does, it doesn't exist. The problems in the black community are real problems, but they are sin problems. They are problems of fatherlessness. They are problems of violence. They are problems of drugs. They are problems of the exaltation of sexual immorality and sexual license by the people that are made the heroes of these communities that you can't say anything about. They are problems of the fact that they have leaders who prey upon them, who make millions off of them, but don't live in such a way that is even slightly consonant with their claims. Um, These are where the issues are. The issues are fatherlessness. The issues is... Is the and and Black Lives Matter says they want to attack the very solution from a Christian perspective. They want to attack the traditional family. They want to promote transsexualism and all the transgenderism and all the rest of the stuff. The black community did not have these issues until the welfare state was instituted. They did not have these issues. They had the father in the family until the government started paying them not to do so and brought people in to preach that and teach that. You can't... Now, again, all sorts of black scholars, ministers, who saying everything that I've... Every single thing that I've said. It's a reality. If that's true, then the, we do have the solution... You're exactly right. We do have the solution. But it's not by repeating the mantras that are destroying the black community. And as long as the black community buys into the idea that it exists separately from the rest of humanity, we're not going to get anywhere. And as long as the black church continues to act like it's separate from the rest of humanity, we're not going to get anywhere. This new segregationism that's going on, wow, Where did that come from? Anyway, 
So the first thing is to say, well, he didn't get his food, is to buy the narrative and to accept the reality of that narrative. Then he said, and please, let's not do the stats. Did you hear that? That, to me, was why I had to respond to this. Let's not talk about the stats. How can a Christian say that we have the answer to a serious problem when we cannot be truthful about the nature of the problem itself? But instead, what did he say? Well, we've talked to so many of our black brothers, and it's their experience. So you're saying... The experience, the life experience, trumps the actual facts, the actual statistics, trumps truth. Experience trumps truth. J.D. Greer just said experience trumps truth. You will not have any means of solving any of this as long as experience trumps truth. Maybe I shouldn't have used trumps can't even use that anymore. That, that verb has now been hijacked as well. So that, that's what caught me, was not only the virtue signaling of, I'm going to go ahead and do the, do the line, because that's what everybody has to do right now, or you will be attacked. Uh, and believe me, I will be. Um, but then to, to seriously say, we shouldn't talk about statistics. Let's just go with the emotions. Let's just go with the feelings. <sighs> Until the real issue is identified, there can be no solutions. There can be no solutions. None. So, a series of... Um, series, get it? Hi, Siri. <laughs> no, you can't help me with anything right now. Go away. Um... <laughs> I always stop and go, what did I say? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I know what it is. There were... Uh, the, the troublemaker from Texas posted... Oh, that's not what I want. Posted some uh, materials on Twitter. And he included Dr. Strickland from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary there were some videos posted that were troubling in many ways um, and that were basically saying, well, look, you know, we need to look at why people are looting and burning and rioting and just, you know, understand where they're coming from. Folks, if... Unless you just simply haven't watched any of the video coverage, um, there are all sorts of reasons why the violence is taking place. There is a grain of truth to the fact that you can have a peaceful demonstration going on and it will be hijacked by Antifa, by BLM. They'll bring people in. You see the little earwigs. They've got radios, um, these piles of bricks just showing up in major cities. There is organization. There is intentionality in creating the violent situations. But then there's just a lot of folks 
They're doing what they're doing because their hearts are desperately sinful. And it doesn't matter what their history is. Their favorite store is getting looted, and they're going to get theirs, too. And so I've watched so many videos. These stores are being looted. People are running out with an entire stack of Nikes. Don't tell me. Please don't insult my intelligence or yours. Don't tell me. These are people who feel disenfranchised, and this is how they're making their voice known. No. They just want free stuff. There's no higher calling here. There's nothing. There, there were people pulling up outside these stores in cars I will never be able to afford in this life. Because I actually insure mine, you know, do the stuff you're supposed to do. They're pulling up in cars I can never, ever have. And looting the store. Don't tell me it's because they haven't been given a voice. But Dr. Strickland said some stuff that just left me completely baffled as to how someone could say this. And so here's, here's a one-minute little thingy here that I wanted to comment on uh, as well. So don't, don't, don't get lost on the, like, what they're doing, but the why. Like, why is it that they're doing this? Because that then shows a wound that the church can actually engage. You, you can't engage the wound of being paid by Antifa or BLM. If you're literally getting paid, and, and we know this was happening, if you're literally getting paid to riot, the church can't address that. Your heart is just black. I mean, we can call for repentance, but it, it's not like, you know, so you're not going to send social workers out. <laughs> Sending social workers out, they're probably part of Antifa anyways. Um, uh, but you can't do that. A balm that we know that actually can heal, because throwing a brick through a window is not going to heal their soul or, or give them hope or soothe the angst, but we know somebody who can. Right, but if they're doing it because they're getting paid to do it, or they're doing it just simply to, it's, it's not, it has nothing to do with their pain. It has to do with their lust, their desire for the things of the world, their rebellion against law, their disrespect for others, their disrespect for private property. Um, and maybe they've just been told all their lives that they should have what everybody else has. Maybe they've just been given a really, really bad worldview that's going to cause them to behave in really, really bad ways. That, that might be a problem too, right? And so uh, I, th I think trying to figure out why people are doing this, mm. uh, as opposed to looking at and analyzing what they're doing in order to you know, uh, sort of affirm assumptions about what's going on. Uh, but, but the reality is just to kind of press into the wound a little bit I mean, there are people who are trying to get the attention of civil government and have their voice heard because every other time they're not being heard. There's nobody clamoring for their vote. There's nobody doing town halls in their neighborhoods listening to them. Okay, now, I, I'm sorry. This just left me going for two decades now. The black community has voted 97% the same way in presidential elections. I think that's the number. 
it might it may vary between 94. I think it's going to be different this time around, but 94 to to 98%. I think certainly with Obama, I think it was like 98%. And then you sit there and go, no one's clamoring for our votes. <laughs> That's because one party thinks they're all theirs by right. The very party that voted against civil rights, the very party that was for slavery. Yeah, that same party now gets who runs Chicago? Who's the mayor of Chicago? A black lesbian. Right? Who runs New York? Who runs Detroit? Of course they're not asking for your votes because they assume they already have them. Yeah, the other party gave up. Well, Trump hasn't. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. That's because he thinks he can sell sand to Arabs. <laughs> that's just. That's just. He sees that as a as a as a challenge. Let's just let's just be honest. That's that's what that's what he's all about. But anyway, so I, I'm just I'm just like, okay. So some of these people are rioting because they don't have a voice because no one clamors for their votes because they've always voted the same way. And so that party goes, we've got them. They're ours. They're our constituents. We don't have to worry about them. Why, why not vote them out? I, I, I'm, just, I'm just left going, um, I'm confused. I'm, I'm lost. What? So they're like, man, if, if they're not going to listen to us, then what we have to do is, is kind of get busy. And, and, and you know, and th- throw a brick through a window. And again, not every person is doing that. Yeah, okay, so we're going to throw a brick through a window so that we can, we can be heard. Um, <clears throat> there, 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 there is a real need for a clear message in our day. A clear message that there is an answer to all this stuff. And it's not therapeutic moral deism and it's not what you hear from the most famous not famous in our circles but let's use let's use a a metric outside of our circles cuz we we know some awesome black preachers we really do but they will tell you they're in the fringes. They're not the mainstream. The mainstream, okay, the black community is infected with word, faith, heresy, sadly, and even more so outside the United States, Africa, word, faith, foolishness everywhere. But that's moral Therapeutic deism. There's, there's no sound theology in that. There's no, there's no theology of man. There's no theology of repentance. There's no theology of atonement. There's, there's nothing there. So what is needed is clear, solid, biblical, rock-hard repentance, holiness, sovereignty of God. We are all called to bow the knee to the lordship of Jesus Christ, not, well, we're just all God's chillins. No, we're not. That's not biblical. That's not what Jesus taught. You become 
the child of God by repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. We're not just all God's children. So, you want to end the, the divisions? Then everybody has to, everybody, no matter what their ethnicity, no matter what their skin color, needs to be brought back to the foundation. Which is why I had no intention in 2018 of making myself the object of the nastiness of the social justice warriors. But I could tell listening to what was being said at the MLK 50 thing and at, and at TGC and at T4G and all this rest of this stuff, there was a fundamental compromise on the issue of what unifies so as to create the one body of Christ, that one imputed righteousness. And that, what was the very, that was the first time I addressed this, first time I talked about things that Thabiti Anabili was saying. What was it about? We were in Colossians, we went to Ephesians, it was all focused on that. Nothing has changed because that remains the answer. That remains the solution. It still is. But what we've got today in, I'm not a Southern Baptist. Okay, so some of you might say, hey, stay out of it. Well, I've got a lot of good Southern Baptist friends, and it doesn't matter what quote-unquote denomination you are associated with. We're seeing this everywhere. The Presbyterians, the PCA is chock full of the social justice message. Chock full. It's everywhere. Every Southern Baptist seminary is now filled with professors and students who are promoting this stuff. They have been infected by it. And the quote-unquote non-denominational denominations are just as susceptible, if not more, to this kind of stuff. I can't believe how many people I'm seeing in my feeds, and they're saying the same thing. I had no idea, but last Sunday I go to church and all of a sudden everything I'm hearing from my pastor is about social justice stuff. I didn't think we believed this stuff. Yeah, I know. I get it. But we've got to address it. While we still have time to do so, the result, we know what the result's going to be. Like I said, there is a constant cacophony of slam doors. I hear it. <laughs> I, can, I can hear it in my mind. More and more places that's never going to have that terrible, horrible, nasty person. Not because they could ever sit down with an open Bible, but because of experience. You're not willing to experience. You're not bearing burdens. Folks, the only people who are truly bearing burdens here are the people who are willing to say we have to have the proper solution that is given to us by God. And as soon as you buy into intersectionality and cultural Marxism and all this experiential claptrap, you take away the one thing that can actually bring healing 
that can actually solve this stuff. And so who is actually bearing the burden? The people that are just simply going, well, my black friends will feel better now if I say these words. Or the ones that will say, y'all should be listening to those guys over there that are pointing out that this is the real issue here. But that doesn't make you feel like they're bearing the burden. They are. They actually are. Yes, sir. Put your uh, earpiece in. Oh, the well, um, if you the demand claim, that I do so. The claim that Dr. Greer uh, made at the beginning of uh, the idea that black the Black Lives Matter mantra has been hijacked. Um, I would have him go to a website that he can search and find D.C. area educators for social justice. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. This uh, is about. Uh, a, it's called the D.C. Area Black Lives Matter at School Week of Action. And mm-hmm. interesting, the dates were February 3 through 7 of this year. Mm-hmm. When you actually scan down, the focus of this event is the 13 guiding principles 13 of guiding Black principles. Lives uh-huh. Matter. And then you suddenly start realizing, oh, my. 13 Principles, Coloring Books, Additional Lessons, Resources for Black Lives Matter, 13 Principles for Middle and High School, 13 Principles for ECE and Elementary. And you start going through the 13 Principles? I know. That's what Dr. Greer is saying. Well, I can't exactly agree with all that. Mm-hmm. The, he's the one doing the They didn't the hijack nothing, no. He's the one doing the hijacking. Right. This is what it's been all about all along. Yep. And when you dig into this website, just this one page, you start to realize this has been going on for years. And where is it focused? At the brainwashing of the children. We are committed to dismantling the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts that require them to mother in private, even as they participate in justice work. That's number 10, by the way. Number six, queer affirming. Number seven, trans affirming. Eight, collective value intergenerational, and it goes on. Black Villages. Oh, I know. Uh, and it goes on I'm looking and on at it, on. too. It's D.C. Area Educators 4, number 4, socialjustice.org, if anybody yep. wants to take a look at it. Yeah, that that all by itself totally turns everything he said in that video upside no, down. It does. I know. I know. I know. But what's the cost going to be? Well, two, two more things. Um, saw a... Uh, article this morning that again, you need to understand this movement is totalitarian. It is not, you have your views, we have our views. It is you need to have our views, period. So, um, Pastor Chris Hodges um, uh, posted or, or liked he clicked like on certain tweets. I guess you can follow what people like on Twitter. I guess there are people who actually sit around doing this kind of thing. And so a woman by the name of Jasmine Clisby, let me read this to you. You can lose your lease a lot of ways if you fall behind on payments, abuse the property, or follow conservative media. 
Like most people, Chris Hodges probably didn't think a quick tap of support for posts on Donald Trump or China's role in the coronavirus would amount to much of anything. Turns out he was wrong. A local English teacher decided to catalog Hodges' likes and share them with the press. Little did anyone know it would be the beginning of the end of the church's services at two local high schools. I do not attend Church of the Highlands, teacher Jasmine Clisby said openly, and she insisted, I can't see into Pastor Chris Hodges' heart. Now listen to this language, because we hear this in the church all the time. This is what I was this is what I've been getting. There are people doing entire videos, and this is the same can- Christian cancel culture language. Okay? I can't see into Pastor Chris Hodges' heart, but his support for what she considered, quote, culturally insensitive views, end quote, is, quote, troubling, end quote. I would be upset if it comes off as me judging him, she said without a hint of irony. I'm not saying he's a racist, but thanks to her smear campaign, the Birmingham Board of Education is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So here is a pastor, likes tweets, someone trolls him, puts this out into the media, makes sure the Board of Education sees it, and what do they have to do? Well, of course. <laughs> we, can't, we can't let people who have, what is it here? Um, culturally insensitive views use our facilities. And we get to make that decision. So your lease is canceled. You can't meet here anymore. Totalitarianism. Bow the knee. Follow follow the narrative. Do what we tell you to do. You cannot have any other views. And that's certainly... Uh, what uh, Sharon McCutcheon would tell you as well. There's this picture of three white ladies. Well, one of them sort of doesn't look all that white, but three white ladies and a stunningly white baby, Um, as in albino, blonde-haired baby. Um, The article is titled, Yes, My Dear, All White People Are Racists. First, Learn what racism is. Oh, I'm sorry. That's that, when I said Sharon McCutcheon, that, that, that was the photo by. This is Marley Kay. I'm sorry. First, learn what racism is and what it's not. Well, of course, there's the issue. We know what racism used to be. We know the only meaningful definition of racism. And that's the one meaning of racism that's no longer valid. As this, de- this article demonstrates. I need white people to understand that all white people are racist. Admit it, and let's move on to the business of repairing and healing the country. We can't do it without you. Yes, my dears, all white people are racist. All of them. Here is where you stop to cry, clutch your pearls, rant and rave aloud to tell me how wrong I am, and tell tell me not all white people. I'm doing reverse racism. There's no such thing as reverse racism. By the way, I just stop right there. I can't tell you now how many black Christians, who claim to be Christians anyway, uh, now tell me, no, I can't be a racist. I, it's a sin for you, but it's not a sin for me, because I can't be, because I've now decided to redefine racism in power structures. The Bible never does that. The Bible can't do that. That's not its worldview. But I've done it, 
And so you can be guilty of the sin of racism. I can't be. There you go. So there's no such thing as reverse racism. And you're ready to do tit for tat with me and every black person on the internet because you're too afraid to say it's nonsense in person on how terrible black people are. I have fill in the blank white person savior activity here. So I know I'm not racist. I don't say the N word. I don't go to, I, I go to church with black people. I even go to lunch with the black lady guy from my job. I have a biracial charge. A child, I date black women or men. My husband wife is black. I work in all black fill-in-blank setting. I am not a racist. I'm liberal. I voted for Hillary. I use Black Lives Matter hashtags. I have a black friend that I never talk to about race. I know. I've heard it all already, honey. I know you are a product of your racist American environment. You are racist, love, but it's okay to admit it. I'm ready for you to admit it so that you can move on to bigger things. You deny the obvious stalls the long road to healing. You're denying the obvious stalls the long road to healing. Take a moment to sit with this new old revelation. Your racism is a product of nurturing and nature. Own it. You can't help you were born to racist parents who are raised in a white supremacist system. You can help with tearing down the racist systems and structures that support you and kill me and my sons. See the narrative? Based on flawed science crafted by flawed white and European people. White people admitting they are racist is necessary for those individuals desiring to do something right now. If you can't do that, I can't rock with you. I can't walk with you. I can't talk with you. I can't help you. And I darn sure can't trust you. See? There is no reasoning with this. This is, this is the statement that says, you will accept what I say. You will accept that you are what you are. There will be no discussion. There is no rational discussion to be had. This is where we have to start. This is the narrative. And this narrative is coming into the church. This narrative is in the church. This narrative is in the seminaries. At least... Marley Kay is being just straight up front about it and saying, honey. But this is racism in its core. To, this is real racism. This is sinful racism. This is false witness against someone else based upon no factuality at all. And you will not even bring a witness. This is sinful as sinful can be. But it's the narrative. It's the narrative now. There's no reasoning with someone like this. You know, all the stuff about white fragility and all the rest. There's no reasoning with these people. They're not using reason. Critical theory does not require reason. In fact, it breaks reason down. That's its function. That's its function. That's where we are. That's where we are. And people... If people... I'm sorry, I just, I, I made the mistake of looking at, um, at looking at Twitter. <laughs> um, and so, I'm just looking at something real quick. Phoenix Seminary just posted a statement on racism. It's fairly short. Um, anyway, I, I don't... 
I would like to see, you know, there's there's something from Ephesians too that's good. Um, don't see a whole lot there, but it's just sort of like the timing that makes me go, eh, eh, great, all right. Anyway, it's everywhere, and I've got a lot of people contacting me. Go, what? okay, now what do we? What do? What can we read? What? What? You know, and right now I've just been directing people to the pre-conference we did at G3 in 2019. And I've been pointing them to the interviews that Michael Fallon did uh, on the subject. There's a whole playlist at Sovereign Nations where you can, again, get a running start at it anyways. Um, But we're definitely behind the eight ball. And there aren't a lot of publishers that could touch this one with a 10-foot pole right now. There really aren't. Um, that's the cultural moment that we that we face. Thankfully, despite the fact that the educational system is completely soaked in this, and that means um, if you've been sending Bobby off to the public schools, Bobby's getting this every single day. Um, thankfully, none of this actually makes sense in the long run. So it's a violation of the image of God, and therefore it will eventually break down. The damage it'll do in the process is huge, but it it eventually has to break down of its own weight. Because it can't, again, critical theory can't build anything, it can only destroy things. Seattle might be a good picture of what this is going to end up looking like. Uh, And maybe some, you know, who knows, maybe Portland will be next, and uh, there must be something in the air in the Pacific Northwest. I, I don't know, but it's weird um we have the answer we have the answer yes so what i don't i think you missed on twitter though is the announcement that the folks in seattle now they've started their own victory garden which i'm sure vegetables will grow from at any moment and you know what i think they did i think that well you can see the pots they ran to home depot (laughs) They dug in the ground and they stuck plants in it from Home Depot. <laughs> oh, we'll eat soon. Very a lot soon. of planning. As long as the homeless people don't take our food first. A lot of planning going on there. Yeah, yeah. Someone uh, pretty soon there's going to be uh, those black helicopters. They're going to be dropping McDonald's bags. Uh, you know that's. Yep, 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 yep. There, there, there you, yeah, there you go. No, I haven't been really following much. I just happened to have seen that thing pop up, and uh, and I'm like, uh, okay, what what can I say? What can I say? <laughs> I don't know. Did you see the uh, tweet about the reformed interactive companion helper? Yes. Yes. Good morning, James. I am the reformed interactive companion helper, but you may call me Rich. <laughs> You've been turned into Hal. <laughs> That's right. Open, open the door, Rich. I'm sorry, James. I can't do that. <laughs> oh, and then right below that, suddenly it breaks my heart, and I wonder why this is. NASA's James Webb Space Telescope won't launch in March of 2021. Oh, I knew this would start happening. Yep. Coronavirus pandemic. 
The coronavirus pandemic is to blame for the latest schedule slip, NASA officials said. <sighs> Take deep breaths. Take deep breaths. Take deep breaths. Um, that panic? Oh. Take deep breaths. Anyways, folks, um, <clears throat> so once again, to the kind fellow who said to me this morning, let's just go back to theology. Uh, look, there was a lot of theology in what we just said. There was a lot of theology in what we just said that we had to say. There's a lot of theology about anthropology. There's a lot of theology about justification and, and everything else. Um, God's law says a lot about how we are supposed to treat one another and how we're supposed to live in this world. Um, <clears throat> do I want to get back to Wilson? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll get back to it. But to be honest with you, there's just a lot of stuff going on right now. And it's, I think it's important. And someone has to stand up and say, hey, if, if, you, if you just sense, you, you're recognizing there's something off here, what is it? Somebody needs to be saying, here's where it is. Here's, here's where the issue is. You're not crazy. You're, you're not crazy and you're not alone. Uh, there is stuff that is definitely off. So anyways, um, <clears throat> still our plan to be back uh, tomorrow uh, on the program. Don't have any idea what we'll be talking about, but <laughs> I've, I did, I've, I'm preaching Sunday. And so I have to spend the afternoon working uh, on that. And so I'm just not sure. We may just have to do open phones or something like that, uh, depending on how much time I can get to do anything else. But uh, we will be back, Lord willing, tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. God bless.